Star Wars Visions is now up over on Disney Plus, and we have watched it, and I have a lot of feelings, especially about the idea of these being one-offs. Like, I'm hoping they're secret backdoor pilots. Like, I hope so many of these are pilots for series that may come down the pike, because for many of them, I want more. I want so much more. And even the ones that I don't have that feel about, I really enjoyed. So, yeah, I guess I should say spoilers. I liked it. Let's talk about Star Wars Visions on today's episode of Project Shadow. Have you ever something to say? Hello, everyone. How are you doing? My name is Charlie. I am a non-binary sci-fi fantasy writer. Very heavy on the fantasy fiction lately. And I am thrilled that the latest series from Star Wars is out. Star Wars Visions. It's everything I ever could have wanted and more. Like, little kid Charlie is freaking out about this series and wishes that they had grown up with it their entire life. But before we get into all that, before we talk about all that, just a few minor little updates about what's going on with me and my life. Namely, I got (laughs) the edits back on Raid. Yes, the first book in the Shadow Phoenix saga has come back to me from the editors. There's just some minor tweaks and changes, mostly punctuation and stuff like that little fixes here, there, and yonder that need to be done before it can go out into the world. I am so excited about this. I love the series. I love everything about it. And I'm hoping that y'all do too. I've been talking about it a lot on the streams. I've been talking about it a lot just everywhere. This is the one with the murder radishes and the magical furries and all the crazy, crazy stuff in it. Hopefully y'all like it but it will be coming out soon. And I've made some decisions about that. Number one, I am going to be releasing it starting on Kindle Vela. Now, I know what you might be thinking, but Charlie, after all of your bad experiences with them, why would you be releasing this story on Kindle Vela? Well, because monies. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I could give you all kinds of philosophical reasons, and I do have some of those, but they've been doing bonuses over there, and they're going to continue doing bonuses until the end of the year as a retention to keep authors over there. And uh, I like getting a bonus check, so I'm going to be putting the story up over there for that reason. So, yeah, sorry, but yeah, monies. The other reason, which is uh, a little bit more altruistic and not so monetarily based is these are going to be big books. These are going to be really big books, especially for me. So it's going to take a while for them to get written. And especially with my track record of taking a long time between books, I don't want people to have to wait as long if they don't want to, to continue reading. So I have made a deal with the editors And we are going to be editing the books 
<laughs> as they're written. So I'm going to finish a chapter, do my work on it, send it off to an editor, get it back and post the chapters as they are finished over on Kindle Vela. So people can keep up as the book's being written. And then, of course, the collected editions will come out when the books are finished and the 30-day exclusivity period for Vela expires. I'm excited about this. So the way this is going to work is for the first one, the first book in the series, book zero, Raid, the first seven chapters will be available at launch. The remaining five will trickle out once a week after that, which should give me time to get maybe a couple more chapters done. Hopefully, if I can keep the schedule I'm wanting to keep, that's doing at least a chapter a week in the books to come. So if I can keep that schedule and keep moving forward on that, then that should mean every week a chapter will come out. I'm really excited about this, and I hope you are too. If you are unaware, the premise of Star Wars Visions is simple. The people over at LucasArts approached a bunch of anime studios and said, Would you like to do a Star Wars? You can do whatever you want. Now, would you like to do that? (laughs) And they did. And I could not be more thrilled. I do not expect many, if any, of these to be considered canon within the larger scope of things, though at least one of them, I feel, needs to be. And another is in a weird, murky territory that I'm curious how they're going to handle, but we'll talk about those more in a minute. In general, it was a good series. I'm not sure they got the flow right on it. And this may have just been me. Most of my absolute favorite episodes came early in the series. Very early in the series. The Duel, Tatooine Rhapsody, The Twins, The Village Bride, The Ninth Jedi. Those were all phenomenal. And that's not to say that the ones that came after that weren't as good. Or weren't good at all. They were, but in different ways. And I think the series may have been served better if they were mixed slightly differently. But I I feel like everybody's going to have their favorite episodes in here. And there's not one ring to rule them all. I don't think there's one way you could have organized all of these disparate episodes into an order that would have worked for everyone. Having said that, I, I, I did feel a little let down. I think that they could have, they should have ended either with the duel or the ninth Jedi because then I would have had a much better feel at the end. Um, Akakiri Akakiri was a good episode, but it didn't leave me with the same feels. Like we had to pause between episodes, especially after the duel and the ninth Jedi because we had so much to say like it gave us so many ideas and so much that we wanted to talk about that we actually had to pause between them and 
I just personally, and this is just a personal pet peeve, a personal gripe that has nothing to do with the quality of the series. I would have loved it more if the entire series would have ended with us having those discussions and not, ah, that was an interesting episode. Because <laughs> that's kind of how we ended. I don't feel that they ended on their strongest. I think they should have. But again, your mileage may vary. That, you know, Akakiri may be your favorite. I don't know. But for us, it, 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 in, in our house at least, it was not our favorite. Overall, they were all strong. I liked how they used different art styles and different... Uh... See, I almost said art styles and aesthetics, but each one you could see the references that they were making to other media and other elements of Japanese culture and bringing that into Star Wars, which I think is so vitally important, especially because... It, Star Wars was inspired by Kurosawa films. The first film is kind of a beat-for-beat beat retelling of Hidden Fortress in a lot of ways, the way that it ended up coming out. So seeing it kind of return to its Japanese roots and having actual Japanese artists working on it brought life into the franchise that I feel that it desperately needed. It was also really cool to see elements from the sequel series get used in here to such a powerful degree that, oh, it gave me chills. It gave me chills to see, especially in the twins. There's a couple of moments in the twins that reminded me of elements from the sequel series that, mmm, mmm, Makes me very happy that those elements were added into canon, despite what anybody else says about the sequel trilogy. So, let's talk about the episodes in general, in, in detail. The Duel was one of my absolute favorite episodes of the series. And that's a good thing. It is being turned into a novel or continued in a novel. It's very unclear from the description. At any rate, the Star Wars Visions novel Ronin will be coming out next month that either will continue the story or flesh it out and give it more depth. Either way, I love this Yojimbo style hero. I, I'm a huge fan of a Yojimbo style hero, a character with no name who is out to get some either sense of revenge or some sense of honor restored into the galaxy. The um, There's a few things I might spoil, so I guess I should say spoiler alert from here on out. I will be talking about these episodes in detail, so just be warned about that. When our nameless hero pulls his lightsaber and the blade flashes red. Oh my, we shouted and clapped. It was an amazing moment. It was a powerful moment in this in in the episode and it made me want so much more. And I feel like a lot of people at LucasArts at LucasFilm felt the same way, which is why it is getting a novel, again, that comes out next month, which we have already pre-ordered 
we will be talking about Ronan after we read it. But yeah, so a former Sith, and I'm getting some of this from the novel Ronan's description. A former Sith is traveling the galaxy, collecting the kyber crystals of Sith that they take down. Okay, I'm here for it. I I need the backstory. I need to know who this person is. I want to see their adventures. I want to see all of their adventures. I love the Mandalorian, but can we get this show? Can can we get this show? Can, can, can Can I please have this show? It is a beautiful story. It is a wonderful story. It has tension. It has humor. The animation style is beautiful. And just everything about it made me happy. And I can't wait to read the book. Now, Tatooine Rhapsody was an unexpected story. It uses a very chibi style artwork. It's very lighthearted. It has a Jedi and a Hut who are friends in a rock and roll band, which I'm sure is going to have some very uncomfortable genre name to remember in Star Wars canon. I don't remember them actually giving it a the, the style of music they play a name, but it was cute. It was fun. I could see this becoming a kids show. It it was extremely entertaining in every possible way. I rather liked the Hut. I loved that. They literally rocked out to save their lives and put on such a good show that Jabba decided to spare them and become an investor in the band to recoup whatever he lost. There are so many elements of the story that I think could be fleshed out into something really fascinating. Apparently, the hut in question saved a young Padawan who was escaping Order 66. This is at least where my mind is putting it in the timeline. It it was a really fun, cute story. And I think Star Wars needs to have room for more of those. One of the things that I loved about Star Wars when I was growing up is that it had room for every kind of story. And yes, I know they're still putting out like the kids comics and the children's books. But as far as the movies go, and I think this is the fault of all of the drama surrounding Solo, they haven't really doubled down on the abject fun of the series, which again is one of the reasons why I just love the rise of Skywalker because it is just terrible, trashy fun. And I respect that because that's what I want in my star Wars. I want fun. I'm tired of the seriousness. I'm tired of everything being so tightly held by the fandom. I I want surprises. I want shocks. I want stupid thrills. That's what I go to a movie for. That's what I like Star Wars for. And Tatooine Rhapsody gave me that in such a cute way. And yeah, please more, more, please. All the more, please. So when I watched the twins, I don't know if I had the reaction that they expected me to have or not. I don't know what was in the minds of the creators when they made this. I have yet to watch the behind the scenes that they put up for each episode. But my mind immediately went to the old Republic stories. The knights, if you remember, 
the comics that came out way, way back in the day, those brilliant, wonderful comics, after they had discovered the Tomb of Friedenod on Onderon, and that brother and sister showed up and stole the relics of Friedenod and brought the Sith back from the dead, that brought the Sith back in a way that would lead to Exar Kun. Yeah, it made me think about them and how this could be a really fun way to reboot that story. I don't know that that's what they had in mind. I doubt that that's what they had in mind. I am just a human being who likes to make connections and see connections that probably aren't there. But I saw this as a wonderful way to reboot those Tales of the Old Republic comics. Bring them into new canon in a way that would be interesting and fascinating. You'd have to do some changes because, of course, they were on Star Destroyers and you'd have to change the ships that they were on. But, mm, yes, yes, please, let's do that. The only thing that was missing from this episode for me was the Ghost of Freed Nod or whatever Sith Lord you want to put into the background. Yes, please, please. I need Nomi Sunrider back in canon, please. But yeah, I really loved this episode. It was very well done. It unfortunately, though, did keep making me want a reboot of the Tales of the Old Republic. Because, yes, yes, I, I would love to see more of that back into canon. I, I really would. The High Republic books are fine. They're fine. I, I just, I want Exar Kun back. I want, and I want Nomi Sunrider back. There's so many characters from that era that I would love to see brought back into canon. And to get more adventures, different adventures, all of that. I want that. The Village Bride was a good episode. It wasn't my absolute favorite. It wasn't one of those that's like top, top, tippity top of my list. But it really felt like something that would happen in this story, in this setting, in this world. I love the voice talent. I, I haven't even talked about that for the other episodes. I love the voice talent throughout this series. They really did a good job with all of that, and I expected nothing less of them. But this story and the way it played out, it felt like a story that I'm sure something like it may have happened in the comics or in one of the books that I'm not remembering from the pre-Disney days. But it felt so comfortable. Like, yeah, why haven't I seen this story? Why hasn't something like this happened in Star Wars. The idea of a droid facility being taken over by a bunch of raiders and the village rising up and all that. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful tale. The characters were interesting. I, I did not feel the connection to them as strongly as I think that the story wanted me to have a connection with them. And that, if anything, is my biggest critique of this episode is I never, I never felt as though I knew who these characters were and I never felt a lot of connection to them. And that's something that, you know, I, I, I kind of need, especially from a story like this where you're like, no, save her. 
I, I need more of that connection. It may have been just because I have seen stories like this before, and I've seen them done differently and all that, but I don't know. It didn't, it, this one, it didn't resonate with me as deeply as the, some of the others, but I still really enjoyed it. I loved the art style. At the end, I was happy that I had seen it, but I just, I wanted, I wanted to feel more for the characters than I actually did. The Ninth Jedi is an episode that I may have to revisit and give an entire episode of this podcast to. I may make some videos for YouTube as well. I don't know. I am I am rather obsessed with The Ninth Jedi. This, this to me, was the best, hands down, episode of the entire series. I, 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 I want six seasons and a movie. Maybe more than one movie. I want a novel series, I want comics, I, I want everything. I want toys, I want plushies, I, I want everything. I also want a color-changing mood ring lightsaber. <laughs> I don't know how they will do that, but yes, please. Can, can you get me a mood ring lightsaber? I, I want that. Everything about this episode, I just keyed right in on. I love the idea of the saber smiths. I love the idea of these lightsabers being made so that the the kyber crystal took on the color, uh, depending on both the connection to the force of the Jedi who wielded them, or their nature. And that wonderful reveal when the others pull their lightsabers and turn them on, and they blades all shine red. And watching our hero and her lightsaber as it gains color throughout the fight. By the way, this was originally an idea that was supposed to be used in uh, the Return of the Jedi. The lightsabers were initially supposed to take on the color of the force wielder who used them. And so when Darth Vader takes Luke's lightsaber from him on Endor and ignites the blade, the blade was supposed to flash red when Vader ignited it and then go back to its true, to its green, actually, did they do green or they did blue? No, they did green for that one. When Luke used it, this was something they were supposed to do. This something they had talked about doing, and it was felt that it would confuse the moviegoers, and so they didn't. And I like how these kyber crystals were specific, specifically forged in a way to do it, so this could be slotted directly into canon without having to explain why this sort of thing doesn't happen throughout the series. Like, why doesn't... Uh, Anakin's lightsaber slowly turn red over time. Though I do like the idea, if especially if they do bring Mace Windu back, if that rumor is true, that that's why his was purple, is it was blue and red mixed, and he was slowly falling to the Sith, to the dark side. I love that idea. Only time will tell. I, there's so much in this one. I, I really want 
like I said, six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie, a novel series, toys, everything. I want it all. I, I need so much more. Now, Toby, or T-O-B-1, um, was a cute episode. It was Astro Boy meets Star Wars. I don't know how else to describe it. It, it was Astro Boy meets Star Wars. And it had everything that you could ever want as an Astro Boy meets Star Wars episode. It was cute. It was fun. It was poignant. It had moments of sadness and joy and laughter. I do find it very interesting, the idea of force-wielding robots. That a droid could develop a connection to the force. I like the Pinocchio aspect of that. And that really got played up that when Toby fully connected to the force, he ends up having this force vision and sees the spirit of his dead master in the world between worlds. I love the idea of that. I think there's some more things in there that could be played with in the canon, but it, it was a cute episode. But again, not one that I fully wholeheartedly fell in love with. And yeah, I just can I have more Ninth Jedi. <laughs> can I have more Ninth Jedi? Like it, it's really sad that it came after the Ninth Jedi because I was so hyped after the Ninth Jedi and tonally and everything else. It was such a different experience that I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I should have or could have otherwise. Now, I kind of feel a little bit bad lumping all three of these into one segment of the show. But one, I try to keep these episodes under 30 minutes if possible. And I don't have that much to say about them. The Elder was really good. Of the three, it was probably my favorite. I love the idea of it. I like how it was executed. It, it was a good story overall. I, I like the idea of this, like, Sith. I like the detachment of the Jedi and the way that that detachment was played up very much in a Bushido style rather than a uh, Western stoic kind of way. I think that that worked really well. I think it suited the series. But, you know, it was what it was. It was, it was, it was fine. It was fine. It, it wasn't... It didn't blow me out of the water like either the duel or the ninth Jedi did. Lapinocho was interesting. It had potential to it. It, it, I, I don't even know how to describe this one. It, it had so many elements that I felt like needed one more round of workshopping before it was made. It felt a little cluttered. It felt a little rushed. And that's my biggest problem with it. It was an interesting story. I like the characters. I like the dynamics that they set up in the characters. I don't think they had enough time to tell the story that they wanted to tell. I don't think that they gave themselves the space necessary to tell the story. And so it was always going to feel slightly rushed because these are short episodes. I think they average around 17 minutes apiece. So they, they didn't have a lot of time in general, but 
it felt overly rushed. I didn't. I never really felt the connection between the sisters, which means when the betrayal happened, I didn't feel it there either, because I never really felt their connection. I felt that she saw Ocho more as a. I, I felt like Ocho saw Lop as a pet and not as a sister. So when she basically treated her as such, it just made sense to me. And I, because we skip all of their childhood together, the reversal where the father really likes her, it's, it, it's, it didn't work. It, it needed more space to breathe than it had. It was, it, it was the bones of a good idea, but I just didn't feel that it had the space that it needed to tell the story. And Akakiri, Akakiri was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, the IMDb description for this episode is a Jedi returns to his forbidden love to help defend her kingdom from a Sith-like Shogun. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. And again, it was fine. It 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 felt like a oh, uh, Star Wars, uh, well, we have this other story that's been kicking around the workshop for a while. Can we give the characters lightsabers and call it a day? And I'm not saying that that's what they did. I don't want to impute anybody's creative endeavors. It just, it didn't, it didn't feel as naturalistically Star Wars as many of the others. Even, even the Astro Boy one, Toby, T-O, um, T-O-B-I, I'm sorry, T-O-B-1. It, that one felt Star Wars, even though it was very Astro Boy, because they took the time to include the droids and the way that the Force operates within the story and whatnot. It really felt much more Star... Like it belonged in the universe. This felt like a story that could take place anywhere, with or without the science fiction elements, let alone the specifically Star Wars elements. And... That is a problem for me. I, I feel like if you're going to be doing science fiction at all, it should need to be in a science fiction setting. Or, again, why are you telling the story of science fiction? I mean, I, I, I'm not saying you always have to justify your genre, but it, it, it helps. It helps the story when you see, oh yeah, that's why this is a sci-fi story. Oh yeah, that's why this is a Star Wars story. I, I didn't feel that at all through this one. It was a good story. It, it was good. It just didn't feel to me like it belonged in genre. I, th- I feel like it could have been a Jedi Geki story and functioned just as well, if not maybe better. And it's fun that like that's the one I'm probably most critical about out of the entire collection. That one and Ocho and Lop. And my criticisms are not, oh, they were bad, or oh, they were terrible. It's, mm, if only they could have been just a little bit better. Because none of them were really bad. And that's an amazing thing from an anthology series. I did enjoy all of them, just at different degrees. So if you haven't checked out Star Wars Visions, definitely check it out. It's worth a watch, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. I'm really curious what people who aren't exactly Star Wars fans, but are anime fans think about the series. Do let me know if that's you and you watched it. I'm I'm really curious what your reaction to these episodes would be. And 
Yeah. If you have any questions in general, let me know. I would love to answer them on the podcast. I have a lot of things that I'm wanting to do. Foundation is just about to launch over on Apple TV Plus, and we will definitely be talking about that. Though, as I've said before, I will not be comparing it to the books because I just don't think the books are filmable, and I'm expecting them just to give me a decent science fiction series that is inspired by the works of Isaac Asimov. But time will tell, but I'll let you know as I watch that. Yeah, that's it for me today. Have you seen Star Wars Visions? Did you like Star Wars Visions? Did you not like it? What was your favorite episode? Let me know, and we will talk soon. Remember, we live in a nightmare hellscape that is not going to get any better if we don't actively try to make it better. So go out there and do what you can to stop Asian hate, to remind the idiots who do not believe the Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter, the Black Trans Lives Matter, and the trans identities are magical. And until next time, may you have the courage to ride your dreams into reality, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.